Get your fill of baseball news and beer reviews at foulballarea.com. Follow our blog for the latest news around the baseball world and read about some of our favorite ballpark beers. Tune into the podcast every Wednesday as we take a deep dive into the topics of the day. Stay connected by signing up for our mailing list or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Foulball Area. Now, here's today's episode of the Foulball Area Podcast with Matthew Atkins and Trey Lyle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Foulball Area Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Atkins, alongside my co-host, Trey Lyle, and we are excited for another week of talking baseball with you as we get ever closer to the opening day of the 2021 Major League Baseball season. Spring training games have begun. I haven't actually watched any yet because they're not on TV. They're not on anything except for MLB Network, and I don't get that, unfortunately, so I haven't actually gotten the chance to watch any spring training games yet, but they have begun. Very exciting times. We are just under a month away from opening day. Trey, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic. You know, uh, Virginia Tech, our alma mater, big big win over the weekend over the University of Miami, and anything they beat Miami in is good. I headed back to Blacksburg for my first time since I moved out of my apartment this past weekend. Shout out to Andrew Alex. Uh, I know we're about to get in our previews, and I talked to him, and uh, he'll provide some great insight. I think we'll get him on soon about the, I guess, most prosperous season the Mets have had in a long time, so. Yeah, I saw, uh, I don't know if it was a tweet or a Snapchat story, I saw something that you went back to Blacksburg this weekend and you didn't even invite me. How rude. Were you able to come? No, but, you know, I like okay. I like to be invited. I, see, here's the thing. I know who you live with, and I know who's in charge. Whoa, so, and, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, and I know there's a wedding coming up, and I'm I'm like, a, I feel like I, I could easily be kicked out like of, <laughs> of whatever part I'm going to take in. The wedding, like whether I'm there or not, like I, I'm just assuming now I'll be there as your, you know, <laughs> loyal co-host, uh, as you know, good old pal that I am. But I feel like Mariah could just easily kick me out. So why, why would I mess that up when I have a free party no, ahead of me in she, a year? She is not the reason that I could not have gone. I had to work. That's why I wouldn't have been able to go. Responsibility. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Anyway, hope you had a fun time in Blacksburg uh, this I weekend. Did. Got to see friend of the pod as well, Evan Hughes. So, uh, oh, yeah. two two friends go. of the podcast. So, that, how about that? Yeah, always a fun time when you get to see them. Uh, you mentioned it. Virginia Tech did have a big weekend. They upset number three Miami on Friday night. A big victory. Lost game two on Saturday, but then they came back and won game three on Sunday. Took the series two games to one. Just two weeks ago, we had Corey Van Dyke on the podcast, and he said that that's what Virginia Tech has to do this year is go 2-1 and one in ACC series instead of going 1-2 and two like they've done in the past. Off to a very good start with the upset series win against number 3 Miami. After that win, the Virginia Tech Hokies are now ranked number 16 in the Baseball America poll and number 24 in D1Baseball.com, setting up a very interesting series matchup this upcoming weekend against North Carolina, who is ranked number 17 in Baseball America and number 25 in D1 Baseball. So they're ranked just behind the Hokies in each of those polls. But like you said, they are a powerhouse, a classic, uh, you know, one of the best programs in college baseball. We'll see how Virginia Tech fares against them this upcoming weekend. That is their next game Friday against UNC. Usually they play some kind of Tuesday or Wednesday mid midweek game, but nothing like that this week. They have the week off until Friday night against UNC. 
With that out of the way, our little college baseball recap, we're going to get into uh, the bulk of what we're talking about today, which we teased it a little bit last week, kind of talked about it a little bit, but we're putting out our top 10 MLB players list. Trey and I have each done a lot of research, painstaking research, put a lot of thought and really, you know, a lot of revisions and a, a lot of hard work into these lists. And I think they're probably sure the did. most accurate lists. <laughs> That may have been embellished a little bit. My will be the most accurate list. My will be the most accurate list as I am clearly, you know, the smartest here. So whatever helps you sleep at night. All right, Trey, <laughs> if you think you have the best list, let's hear it. Who are your top 10 players in Major League Baseball? So I think we'll, we'll go uh, one by one, revealing our number 10, and then we'll reveal, you know, our number nines and, and so on and so forth. And if I guess we have a crossover player, you can mention him at a certain point in your list. So my number 10 is someone who, who didn't play, you know, as well as he did, was a, a little banged up. But when I, I think he's at his best, he's one of the premier batters in baseball and probably belongs in the top five when he's playing at his best. Give me Christian Yelich at number 10 from the Milwaukee Brewers. I think this guy has been phenomenal since the trade to Milwaukee. And I think he's, you know, he proved it by becoming an MVP caliber player over the last couple of seasons. And he belongs, I think, uh, when you make this kind of list, I think you need to think of guys who you'll perennial have the MVP discussion. And he belongs in that category. And so he belongs number 10 for me on my list. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, I actually left Christian Yelich off of my list this year, but coming in at number 10 for me, I have the third baseman for the Los Angeles Angels, Anthony Rendon. And honestly, it was it was a very tough uh, toss-up for this number 10 spot between another third baseman, Nolan Arenado, who is arguably the best third baseman in Major League Baseball, but I just think Rendon is, is slightly better, ever so slightly better than Nolan Arenado. So I have Anthony Rendon coming in at number 10 on my top 10 list. Yeah, I had both those guys considered. I, I actually have neither of them on my list. Uh, I got rid of Arenado at the last moment, uh, replaced him back with Yelich, just because I think Yelich has played better in the postseason in bigger games than Arenado. And so I the top end is kind of what difference for me. Like, I, I always want to, you know, I think postseason success is such a big thing um, because it's so hard to gauge a good sample size over, you know, the course of time and the teams. So I leaned, you know, that's why I pick Yelich there, but I, I could see both those guys and uh, Anthony Rendon, you know, the best teammate Mike Trout has ever had, and it took this long into his career to get him, which is kind of sad. But it, hopefully they bounce back this year both healthy and the Angels can perform well because I think the Angels are the team, if they can perform really well, it's going to hit – help baseball the most obviously other than you know your big teams like the Yankees and stuff and just in terms of getting the best player of this generation hint hint wink wink who's number one um you know postseason success yeah yeah definitely gotta have the postseason success and uh, uh obviously Anthony Rendon had that in DC winning World Series with the Washington Nationals uh hopefully he can take that to Los Angeles help the Angels and Mike Trout uh, find some kind of success in the postseason if they can even get there which is always a toss-up as well and right. so moving on matt what is your number nine number nine for me on my list this year i have dj lemayhew the guy is just a hit machine one of the best pure hitters in major league baseball 
I'm sure you have him on your list, maybe a little higher than I do, but he I comes do. in at number nine for me. You got to include him in there. I mean, just the way he hits the ball, he's he he is a top ten player in the league, and I mean, was a, a candidate for MVP last year. Has just been on fire ever since he came to New York, but he was great in Colorado also. So DJ LeMahieu coming in at number nine for me. I have I have DJ LeMahieu sixth on my list, and it's mainly because I think he's the best hitter for average in baseball that bumps him up. I think in terms of if I need a guy to get a base hit, I, I'm probably going to bank on DJ LeMahieu getting that, and I think his versatility in the infield. I wouldn't say he's the best infielder at any of the positions, but he can play first, second, short, third, and he can play in the outfield. So his versatility to a team to go along with his great hitting just makes him such a weapon for teams on, on a nightly basis. And I love players that can give me, and we're going to talk about another one to get deeper in my list that can add versatility in my lineup, both in the outfield and the infield. And that's what DJ LeMay, you can do. Think about DJ LeMay, who with like the Rays, like that type of team that wants to use analytics. Like he'd be the perfect player kind of for that. Granted, I'm really glad he's on New York. My, my number nine. And I, I think this guy can ascend higher I just have – I need to see more. Like, I just need to see more of it. And it's the guy who replaced Bryce Harper in D.C., Juan Soto. Uh, I saw MLB.com have him number five, and I'm just like, guy hasn't played enough. And it's the same – we're going to talk about another player who's on my list, and he's, he's talent-wise a top-five player in baseball. I just need to see more in order to get to that upper echelon. And so I have Juan Soto number nine. I'm assuming you made your list probably a little higher, uh, but I just need to see more. Obviously, that run – you know, as a 19-year-old in the postseason was incredible, but I, I, you know, I want to see a full season of Juan Soto play before I get him in that top five conversation. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I understand that. Um, I do have him on my list a little bit higher, so we'll get to him in uh, a few minutes. But number eight on my list is the only pitcher that I put on my list, and you're not going to like this because we talked about it last week, and I know if there's a pitcher in your top ten, I know who it is. But the pitcher in my top 10 at number 8 is Jacob deGrom. I just don't think you can argue that there's a better pitcher in Major League Baseball. Jacob deGrom is the best pitcher in the league right now. Back-to-back Cy Youngs a couple of years ago. Finalist for Cy Young in 2020. He is just such a good pitcher. And like Mike Trout, who we were talking about a few minutes ago, it, it sucks that deGrom is on a team that can't help him win. Although maybe that's changing with the moves that the Mets have made this offseason. But he is just such a dominant pitcher on the mound. He just doesn't get any run support. He is the perfect example of why wins do not matter as a stat for pitchers. Because he can go out there, pitch an absolute gem, be lights out on the mound, and lose the game because the Mets don't give him any run support. But Jacob deGrom, best pitcher in the league, number 8 player on my top 10 list. I have a pitcher on my list. And he's in the top five. And it's I, everyone will probably know who I'm picking. And I'm picking – I know wins. You say wins don't matter. But when you don't – all I'll say is when you don't lose in a year, like over a year, and you're just literally like you can go out and your team's going to win that game and you're dominant, I'm going to – I'm going to go – I I picked you may, the most dominant pitcher in the baseball over the last two years on my list compared to Jacob DeGrom, who might have been the best. And that that's you know it's 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 the Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning debate. Like Tom Brady was the most dominant winning kind of football player and made him the goat. While Peyton Manning maybe was the best in terms of his skills and his ability. I think that's the debate right here. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it. 
My number eight, again, another guy similar to Juan Soto who just got a big contract who we talked about a lot and I think is going to be the face, him and Soto, and another player will mention the Latin face of baseball really is Fernando Tatis Jr. My opinion, best young player in baseball. Actually, I have one, one young player above him. So actually second best young player in baseball. And uh, I, I love his game, but I want to see more. Like I, I these next three guys – Seven, eight, nine on my list, I think are top five talents in baseball. I think they fall behind the top two on my list in terms of their talent. I want to see more. I just need to see more of it. And then I will put them up there if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I get that. Uh, I have Tatis on my list. We'll get to him in a little bit. Um, but moving on to number seven in my list, I, you know, honestly, I'm a little surprised that I put him this low. Um, given that he plays for my favorite team, but Ronald Acuna Jr. coming hey, in at number seven. Hey, guess who I have at number seven? Ronald Acuna Jr. All right, there we go. First one that we both have at the same spot. You know, I, I mean, he's just such a rare combination of speed and power with the, the 30-30 season that he had a couple of seasons ago, and he was just three stolen bases shy of a 40-40 season, 40 home runs and 40 stolen bases. Nobody has done that since Alfonso Soriano. Uh, I think it was like 2006, I think was the season that he did that. No one's done it since then, and only four players have ever done it. So Ronald Acuna Jr. was three stolen bases away from history. Such a rare combination of speed and power, and he's got all the other tools as well. His defense is great. His hitting for contact is great. I mean, he's such a complete player. He is young. He's played three seasons now, but I think that he is on the rise and he's going to be one of the greats for the next decade plus in major league baseball along with guys like Juan Soto and Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, absolutely. I think you just summed it up perfectly. I think, you know, Latin America is so big for baseball in terms of their support and I think Acuna, Tatis, Soto are are going to carry that kind of moniker that that carries Latin American baseball for the next generation and I know we don't talk about that much. We talk more of the American growth of the game. But, you know, if you look at the demographics of the United States, there's a larger and growing, you know, Latin presence in our country, which is a great thing. And having those players who, with that Latin American culture, I think is going to help grow the game immensely in that, you know, untouched demographic that other sports are trying to reach. Yeah, definitely definitely is so number six is uh is someone i've already mentioned i already talked about dj lemay hughes so we will zoom pie my number six moving on so uh to recap what i have i have yelich soda tatis akuna and lemayhu matt you want to recap and then give us uh your number six yeah i've got rendon lemayhu degrom acuna and coming in at number six a player that you've already mentioned juan soto I'm surprised that I put him ahead of Acuna, and you know that that shows that I'm too. not biased. I'm not biased in this <laughs> list. Maybe you did that on purpose to show you <laughs> just be like I'm not biased, but really I am. But I really, it was a tough decision for me. I think so far Ronald Acuna Jr. has had the better career, but I think Juan Soto. I I don't know. He's just such a talented player, such a great hitter. You can make an argument he's the best hitter in the league. So young, like Acuna and Tatis, came into the league so young, just 19 years old. A great run to the World Series with the Nationals. That's the one thing he has on Acuna that Acuna hasn't accomplished. He won a World Series. 
Juan Soto is an uh, he's another complete player. The only thing that I think Acuna has on him is the defense. Acuna is a better defensive player. Soto though just such a great hitter, great approach to the plate. He comes in at number six on my top ten list. And, and just to cut for argument's sake, I have DJ Mayhew above those three young players because he's done more and performed, you know, for for his like over a longer span and I think that deserves credit like LeMahieu has just been so consistent and so good that he deserves that spot above three guys who we've seen from two to you know one and a half seasons of of baseball so Acuna what has played three years now three full years yeah three seasons so three compared to LeMahieu you know LeMahieu's been hitting you know three plus for the last five, six years and at a high level and it's just been ridiculous. So I think he deserves that, that six spot, but I, I wouldn't, if someone came to me and was like, Juan Soto is a better than DJ LeMahieu, I'd be like, I wouldn't, you know, be upset. Yeah. So number five on our list. Should I go first? Yeah, go ahead. Show us this is a got. guy that I don't know if he's on your list, but I'm putting him at number five because I've always been a big fan of him. He's a he's an MVP. I think he he's uh, before a player that's going to be higher on our list got traded to his team, he'd be a perennial MVP candidate in the National League, and he's one of the reasons what makes the Dodgers so good. And I think he belongs in the most versatile players in baseball argument. It's Cody Bellinger at number five. I mean, this guy can play you know any position in the outfield. He can play first. He can play third, and the dude can hit for power. You know, he's got speed. He's he's talented as all get out. And I think Bellinger belongs as the a top five player when when he's at his best. He's a top five player in baseball. And it's the reason why the Dodgers are, you know, like on the Monstars level right now is because they have two top five players in baseball. Yeah, I don't have Cody Bellinger on my list, and it might be a little unfair, but it's just because of last season. He wasn't very good last year, and it, it was a short year. It was a weird year. The COVID protocols, teams having COVID outbreaks, it was a very strange season. So maybe it's not fair to blame him for not performing well last year, but it is because of last year that I don't have him in my top 10. He is a great player. He has he's had a great start to his career, winning Rookie of the Year, following up with an MVP two seasons later. So he is a great player. I just don't have him on my top ten list for this season. At number five on my and, list, and I just want to to argue this. He was formerly a primary, you know, first baseman, and then he ranks as one. Of, he's one of the best defensive players in center field, as he led all players in Statcast's outs above average metrics. So Cody Bellinger, not just an offensive freak. He's a really good center fielder, and this was a guy coming in baseball that played first base, which the transition from first to center field is insane. And to be that good at it just shows how how freak of nature the guy is. Yeah. yeah. He's how about that? Is... I hit you with some analytics, son. Yeah, there you go. Pulling that out of your pocket. All right, number five on my list is a division rival for Cody Bellinger and a player that you've already mentioned, Fernando Tatis Jr., the brightest young star in Major League Baseball, recipient of a 14-year, $340 million contract. He's not even played a full season yet, hasn't even played 162 games, but he is deserving of a spot in this top 10 list. Such a talented player. Uh, I mean, 
we've already mentioned it with a couple of these guys, but a five-tool player, Fernando Tatis Jr. is a really good hitter. He's a great shortstop. He's out there making plays in all kinds of highlight plays at shortstop. He's just, I mean, there's nothing bad to say about him, except that he dropped off a little bit at the uh, at the end of last season. He had such a great start to the season, was almost a lock for MVP, dropped off a little bit towards the end, ended up not winning the MVP, but a, a bright young star with an extremely bright future. Yeah, I agree. You know, Tatis, like I said, I just need to see more out of these guys, and I'll put them in my top five. It's it's just I think next year, if you ask me, I think my top five changes, and I think, you know, Soto, Tatis, and Acuna probably all enter it if they keep going on the track they're going on. Now, moving in to number four. In my opinion, the most dominant pitcher in baseball, if I needed one pitcher to get me a win – in any game, I'm picking this guy, and it's the reason he made my top five. And I don't care if he plays the New York Yankees. I saw him destroy the New York Yankees in the postseason. It's Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole will did not lose a baseball game in a whole year. Like, I don't care about run support or not. Like, he still didn't lose. And he was the most dominant pitcher on the mound for – the last two years. He belongs in the top 10 at least. And I get DeGrom, and DeGrom is so good. And and maybe I should have put DeGrom over him. But I'm giving Garrett Cole his due as, you know, just his dominance over the last two years. And it was – he had a down year this year, and he still almost had 100 strikeouts, and he was hurt. And so – in a 60-game season. And so give me Garrett Cole, and I will – uh, you know, you can call me biased for this one pick, but – I will uh I'll take Garrett Cole over Jacob DeGrom and I'll feel pretty comfortable with it. All right, that's pretty bold. I don't think I would go with that. Um I mean Garrett Cole is a great pitcher. I he did have a good season last year. I just don't one think One win, was, Matt. One you need one game, one win. Who are you picking? I'm going to go Pick, with DeGrom. But he does he like I know you say wins aren't a factor, but Cole hadn't lost in a year. That he had a great team around him. That's he still didn't lose, Matthew. You put like, the, you put Degrom on that Astros team. See how he does. Okay, it'd be fun. It's a fun debate. It I is. think I I it basically is. put I basically thought about it like this. My top five had to include one pitcher, and so and so I like that's how I kind of thought about it. Like you you need to include a pitcher because you got to give the pitcher his credit, and so I put Garrett Cole in at four. Is he the fourth best player in the world? Probably not, but we you deserve to have a pitcher in your top five. All right, I've got back-to-back Padres at four and five. This is probably my boldest pick, but coming Manny in at number Machado? four. Manny Machado? Yeah, I've got Manny Machado at number four. Woo! I just, Saucy! I mean, <laughs> he goes to San Diego in 2019. That's... Not the best year, but he rebounded last year, batted 304 with a 370 on-base percentage, 580 slugging, an OPS of 950. He had 16 home runs and 47 RBIs in the short 60-game season. So still a very good season for Manny Machado last year. Here's the crazy thing. He's only 28 years old. He's already played nine seasons in Major League Baseball. He's only 28. He's projected for 31 home runs this year, an 842 OPS. He'll probably exceed that. 
He is a great, talented player. He's not just the number four player in Major League Baseball. Like, he is the best player on this Padres team, and that's saying a lot because they have a lot of talented players, especially in their infield. But just overall, this, this Padres team is looking really good for next year, and they're led by Manny Machado. Ooh, it's hard to put Machado that that high, I would say. I don't even think he's the best in his position. He doesn't even he's not even a natural third baseman. And he he, you know. I think Tatis is the best player on, on the Padres. Uh so it's hard to even put the guy in the top five. But, you know, I like you being bold, my friend. So uh I will say uh respect, but I think I disagree. Moving in, so my number three. We're on number three now. Yep. Because yeah, Cole was four for me. And I'm I'm guessing these might be the same. I will be shocked if you let this left this guy off your list. I will be. Number three is Matthew's love of his life, other than his fiance Mariah. He's got a great first name, similar similar. If you know me, my my legal name, I guess, is very similar to it. It is Mr. Freddie Freeman, the first baseman for the Atlanta Braves, the reigning NL MVP. Dude's a stud, been a stud, just so consistent, so good. And I think after last season, he deserves to be, you know, that high on the list. And uh, he's the only actual MVP that made our top 10 because I'm assuming Abreu didn't make it for you at number three because I'm guessing your number three is the same as mine. Your number two is the same as mine, and your number one is the same as mine. Probably, uh, yes, my number three is the same as yours. I'm guessing two and one are the same as well. Man, Freddie Freeman, what a player. And I just feel like he's just been slowly building to the level that he's at. Like, he's never been a bad player. He's always been very good. But he, I, I feel like he's never gotten the recognition that he deserves. He's always been consistent, you know, always hitting... 25 20 home runs in a season he's hit up to 38 in 2019 always hitting around 300 sometimes a little lower but around 300 i mean he is just a solid consistent player every season and i felt like he's never gotten the recognition that he deserves until last year when he came out and hit 341 with a 462 on base percentage over 1000 ops actually it's 1.102 his ops last year just a phenomenal 2020 season that led to him being the NL MVP. And add to the fact he started the year with COVID and like he got serious. Like he got really sick with COVID. If you watch the ESPN special on him, starts out struggling and then just goes on a tear, you know, the back half of the season and propels the Braves into, you know, an NLCS last season. And, you know, it gives them a shot with their core to have a shot at the Padres in the Braves, uh, I almost said the Braves again, the Dodgers in the National League. All right, let's do this quickly. We're just going to uh, – this guy, uh, our number two, I'm assuming, because uh, is a guy – I would be very shocked if it was different. Yes, our number two is a guy who's really good. I like him a lot better in the uniform he's in now than the uniform he was in. And, I mean, it really – he turned the Dodgers from a pretty – like. Pro, you know, the best team in the National League to, like, the impossible Death Star that it is now. It is Mookie Betts. I mean, this guy is such an all-around player. Um, you know, he was showing flashes of how good he was that people were saying, should he be in the conversation with, you know, the guy we're going to mention number one. But Betts is our, I'm assuming, Matt, you're number two as well. 
Yep, I've and got him so, in number two. And I mean, even as a Red Sox, I respected him, and that was hard for me to say. I mean, his 2018 MVP season was just one of the best seasons that we've seen in a long time. And I remember looking at his stats, keeping track of him in 2018, seeing how good he was, the numbers that he put up, and then following along in 2019, and the numbers weren't as good. And I was like, oh, he's kind of disappointing this year, but he was still a really good player in 2019. Even though it wasn't as outstanding as 2018, still a really good season. And then you look at 2020 and what he did with the Dodgers and leading them to the World Series championship, Mookie Betts is, is without doubt the number two player in Major League Baseball, right behind the guy that us and pretty much everybody else who makes one of these lists has at number one. Bartolo Colon, the man, the myth, the legend, still at 40-plus, the best at what he does, Bartolo Colon, number one on the foul ball area's top 10 players. Thank you so much for listening. I just had to do that. <laughs> I don't know. I was speechless. <laughs> All right, folks. If you, you didn't think it was Mike Trout, um, you have never watched a game of baseball in your life. Number one, obviously, is the greatest baseball player, maybe of all time. It is Eagles fan from Jersey, the man for the Los Angeles Angels at the time, Michael Trout. Yeah, for each player on this list, I'm like writing out reasons of why they're ranked where they are. For Mike Trout, I just wrote, obviously. Like, who else are you going to put at number one? It's Mike Trout. Like, it's gotten to the point where we just debate number two. Like, he, like, he, he's like in a LeBron level. Like, like LeBron at this point, if you actually follow basketball, is like a mile above everyone other than like maybe KD and and like this like argument like there's no argument he's the best play- like he's so good like if the guy's healthy he's going to finish what top 4 at least in the MVP voting and you know he's going to play for a bad team you're going to get what three he's going to hit like 350 with you know 40 plus home runs 20 stolen bases a freak defender like it's ridiculous the guy- kind of run he's on it really is. It really is. Welcome back to another edition of So You Think You Don't Like Beer, featuring my lovely fiance Mariah Craddock. Fun fact, I think we should add the home improvement sound that the guy does, but that sound might be trademarked, so I don't know if you can actually add it. Why don't you just do it right now and we can just use that? <laughs> okay, are you ready? ready? I don't I I'm not prepared. I'm ready. Okay, I'm gonna try. Uh <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed I think, that. I think that was good. I think that was it. All right, add that to the end to the intro. Okay. To, add that to the outro since, you know, we need it to be a surprise. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, what do we have today? What are we trying today for people that think they don't like beer? Um. Today we are trying a fig goes or goza or goze. I think it's goes, but I think you guys goza. be the you guys be the judge of that one. Well, goes is a German type of sour, right? So yeah. how would a German say it? I don't know. You've been to Germany, haven't you? <laughs> yes, I have. So um, you should know. Yeah, I can't do a German accent, though. Okay, well, let's not try. We don't want to offend anyone. 
Okay, so this one is another Richmond ale. I did not realize this is brewed by Ardent, which is walking distance from where we live, kind of. It's a long walk, but... About like 15 minutes. Yeah, doable. Um, fig and orange zest. Interesting flavor combo. And that's Teddy. I don't know if the mic picked that up. Meowing in the background. He <laughs> wants a taste. He's still a teen cat. He can't have any. <laughs> what did... Or didn't have in the fall that we tried that didn't think would that we didn't think would be good the sweet, sweet. potato and yeah. sage saison yeah i didn't think that would be good in a beer but it was actually not bad so and i don't like goes beers but i've got high hopes for this fig and orange zest goes because i like anything from ardent i feel like fig is one of those fruits where everybody's heard of it but no one really knows what it tastes like yeah I so like i couldn't take like. i'm not gonna taste this and be like definitely get the fig in there because i really don't know what a fig tastes like <laughs> other than fig newtons get an orange yeah smell the orange i feel yes. like it's kind of like a date which i've had before like dates with goat cheese yeah which is a very mild sweetness all right let's try it cheers cheers definitely sour and definitely orange I guess that like little bit of sweetness is the fig. That's what we're tasting. Yeah. I like it. It's very light in color, which is interesting. I expected it to be more orange. It looks kind of like a um, hard cider, like the one from... Yeah, it does a little bit. Only five IBUs. That's my kind of beer. I like my ideal beers are 15 IBUs or less. What would you rate it on untapped? Out of five, I think I would give it like a 3.25. Like it's good, it's drinkable, but it's not like, oh my gosh, we need to go get that fig and orange zest beer from Ardent. It's like, yeah. that's a nice drink. What have you had from there before when we've gone? Because the, the one time in the fall we went and we tried that sweet potato and sage saison. Then we went another time and I got the, the Franconian lager, which is very good. I don't remember what you got though um let me check my untapped page because they're big on the ipas and lagers and pilsners but i don't think they're too big on sours like they have this one but i don't think they have that many other sour options yeah i remember the the first time that we went there i didn't get anything because none of it sounded good to me yeah which usually there's one thing on the menu that i think sounds pretty good Okay, um, I have had, well, all I'm seeing is what you've bought, the Tagman, which is the Franconian Lager, which is one of your favorites. Maybe you didn't check yours in. I know I had the sweet potato and, I feel like I did. Let me check it. Uh, you have had, um, their regular Saison. Oh, I do like a Saison. The Sweet Potato and Sage Saison and the Honey Ginger beer. Oh, I, I don't think I really like that one that much. I'm also not the bestest at checking in beers on Untapped. I have exactly 100 check-ins. Oh. So this will be 101. Alrighty then. 93 unique. You got some, uh, some catching up to do. Because I'm currently at 544 check-ins, 345 unique beers. Gosh, I don't even want to have that many, I don't think. 
That seems like a lot. But it's not up there with your dad. No. Maybe we should get my dad on here sometime and talk he's about all the check-ins like that he's had. the expert expert. Probably. All right. Well, that was this week's So You Think You Don't Like Beer, huh? And now add in that sound effect. Uh? All right. So to recap our top 10 list, Trey at number 10 has Christian Yelich, Juan Soto coming in at number 9, Fernando Tatis Jr. at 8, Ronald Acuna Jr. at 7, DJ LeMahieu is number 6, Number five is Cody Bellinger. Number four is Garrett Cole. Freddie Freeman is third. Mookie Betts at number two. And Mike Trout reigns supreme at number one. My list, Anthony Rendon at number 10. DJ LeMayhew, number nine. Number eight is Jacob deGrom. Ronald Acuna Jr. taking the seventh spot. Juan Soto coming in at number six. Fernando Tatis Jr. at number five. Manny Machado at number four. Pretty bold pick. Probably the boldest that I've made. Freddie Freeman at number three. Mookie Betts at Ever. number two. And Mike Trout at number one so those are our top 10 player list in major league baseball uh real quick before we wrap up today's episode got to give a shout out to trey mancini of the baltimore orioles made his first yeah. appearance since being diagnosed with colon cancer missing all of the 2020 season he is now in remission he's back playing with the orioles and he got that's a hit awesome in his see. first at bat of spring training yesterday so shout out to trey mancini really good story really cool to see him back on the field Thank you so much for listening to uh, the podcast. Matt, uh, you got anything exciting planned for the week? Work. That's it. Just working. Same here. So uh, make sure you follow us online. Give us your thoughts on our list and your own top 10 players. would love to hear if anyone out there doesn't have Mike Trout as the best player in the world right now. would love to hear that. But uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Mackins21, at Trey Lyle, at Foulball Area on all social platforms. Love to hear from you. Make sure you rate and subscribe wherever you get the podcast. For Matthew Atkins, I'm Trey Lyle. Thank you so much for listening to the Foul Ball Area. Thanks for listening to the Foul Ball Area podcast. Make sure to leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they come out.